everybody, welcome to Rock and Roll Shinsu Chu, episode number 68. Ain't it great? Ain't it great? Love it in elevator. All right. I don't know where. <laughs> anyway. I'm going down. <laughs> Boom. Good to see everybody. Um, hope all is well. My name is Gabe Estel. I'm here with my co host, Dennis Levi Leach and Jonathan Getz. How's it going, guys? Top of the morning. Great. Good. Happy fall. Um, So anyway, uh, before we get started, I want to remind everybody to go to rockchew.com to get links to all of our social media sites as well as archives. Uh, The current episode, this episode, will be posted there uh, soon, right? You're probably listening to it if you're if you're anyway yeah right Uh, so sorry that was kind of meta um anyway um but yeah all of our archived episodes are there so you can check all those out uh and please uh follow us on instagram and twitter at rock in chew that is rock in as in nobody's fault but mine anyway <laughs> all right so um yeah please check us out at rock chew though it'll uh you'll be able to link to all things rock and roll shinsu chew all right uh so tonight kind of keeping it loose uh as you can pr- you'll probably pick up on um so we're going to talk uh about the uh in the the awards uh just recently in the last couple days actually baseball has uh has doled out all of its uh, postseason. Uh, Finally, it's I shouldn't say it's postseason awards. It's season awards. Uh, Rookie of the year, MVP, Cy Young. Uh, so we'll talk a little bit about those, and uh, also we're going to talk a little bit about um, uh, in celebration of Pink Floyd's new release, uh, the early years. Uh, we're talking about hidden tracks. We're talking about a few of those as well. And then also probably just talk about whatever whatever the hell we want. Baseball, well. rock and roll. Oh yeah, keeping it loose. It's um it's a it's a little bit of a smorgasbord episode tonight. Um so anyway, let's go ahead and get started. Uh Levi, congratulations to Chris Bryant. Yeah, finally. I, I had to wait uh in, I don't know about you, but the MLB like stringing out the awards is it's like ridiculous. day by day. Oh yeah. my god. It's yeah. like Pulling it too slowly. Why don't like, they do right? it? Like, why don't they do it during the postseason? Something, right? Yeah, because they say the stats in the postseason don't even matter, or whatever. Right? Yeah, because they vote before the postseason yeah. starts. And so it's like, well, yeah, and yeah, oh, so yeah. I want. Yeah, congrats to Brian. He uh, he he definitely earned it. He got what twenty nine out of thirty first place votes. So one guy voted for Daniel Murphy. I'm guessing he lives in Washington, maybe. Daniel Murphy did have a pretty good season. <laughs> oh, he did. He did. Yeah, I'm just yeah. giving him hell. Yeah. Um, but yeah, he was that close to being unanimous, which is pretty awesome. He joins Elite Company with uh, Cal Ripken Jr., Dustin Pedroia, and Ryan Howard as being the only players to win a Rookie of the Year and then an MVP award their next year. Oh, oh back to back. Okay. Oh, wow. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I, okay. I, I forgot he was Rookie of the Year last year, because I was like, man, this guy did a lot of damage just in two years. And only 24 years old. Wow. Him and Ripken are the only ones, I believe, to 
do Rookie of the Year MVP World Series. And yeah. Ripken did like, it in his rookie year, correct? Uh, what was Ripken eighty two or eighty three? I can't remember. I think Ripken's MVP is yeah. eighty three, is I think right. But Ripken won the World oh. Series when he was a rookie, right? Oh, okay. There Which, you go. Ripken Which also was, won an MVP in eighty nine too. No, 90 something. In eighty nine, I think he was like in the running, didn't he? All right, let's pull this. Pull this this can be determined easily. Yeah. Right. Um, yeah, okay. yeah. 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 Uh, yeah. I'm looking it up right now on Baseball Reference. And 83 the, MVP. And when so did they win the World Series? He would have been rookie of the year in '82. Oh, okay. Uh, yes, right. you're right. Yeah, Levi's right. So okay, so it is him yeah. and Bryant. It's it's a direct mirror. Yeah. yeah. Okay. okay. And I guess another cool stat is that I believe. Um, him and Bryant and Stan Musial are the only two to do it with um, while playing. I forget like a hundred a hundred games at one position and like almost fifty games at another position. Hmm. I think was what it was or yeah. something like that. Interesting. Which is an interesting stat to yeah. to be able to move around the field that much and to not have it affect your bat. Wow. Right. Um, Mike Puma of the New York Post was the only writer to vote Daniel Murphy uh, to give Daniel Murphy his his first place vote. Mike Puma so, of the New York Post, so he he was being a bit of a homer. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, no, it's it's quite a feat, man. I mean, for uh, gosh, I mean this guy this guy hasn't been in the league that long, you know. I mean Bryant, that is, yeah, no, no, but, but yeah, at is. all. His pedigree is there, though, man. He won like best player in college, like I think two years. Oh yeah, no, and, I mean uh, yeah, he was he was baseball's best prospect, you know, prior to yeah. taking off the, with Cubs, the Cubs. The, so, yeah, the Cubs yeah. just got lucky enough to be in the position to pick him. Yeah, no, I mean if if there was any person that if I was a, a GM and you know they said Gabe, you have to start a team from scratch, you can have anybody. Yeah, he'd be the first person I'd pick right now. That's who I'd build a was, team was around. Was he the number one pick? No, no. Mark Mark Appel of the Houston Astros was. Uh, yeah. well. <laughs> so How's far, that working out? No, uh, um, I, don't, I don't think they signed him. Or they traded him, right. one of the two. Yeah. Uh, was he the kid that um, like threw out his arm and there were some issues around that? No? Possibly. I Dude, anyway. that that first uh, that first round so far hasn't been paying dividends. Like, there's other than Hunter Dozier. What year is that? What year uh, is that? Um, 2013. Oh, 13. Okay. Yeah, it's it's Mark Appel, Chris Bryant, John Gray, Cole Stewart, Clint Frazier, the top five. I've heard of two of those guys, and one of them for the right reasons. <laughs> <laughs> right. Yeah, Fra- Frazier was traded for Andrew Miller. Oh, okay. Yeah, like that's who the Yankees got for Andrew. He was the big okay. piece okay. for them. Yeah. So, and I mean, obviously, the you know the uh, you know it's only 2013, so all those guys, all those other guys, could still you know sort of yeah, yeah. Bryant's it just it's been hot, it's right yeah. out of the yeah. gate. Yeah. 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 So, um, but what about the yeah. uh, the Cy Young in uh, the AL? So Porcello gets eight first place votes, and Verlander gets fourteen, but Porcello wins. I know, right? Yeah. Right. Yeah. That's kind of crazy. I, you know, I have to admit, I, and I feel bad saying this because uh, you know they're in our my division, but 
White Sox weren't that much fun to watch this year, um, at least after the end of May. I'd forgotten Verlander had such a good year he this year. He bounced back. Yeah. Yeah. Just, I mean, yeah. I, because he, you know, he had been, you know, people were kind of wondering about him, you know, it did past, past three little seasons. Up to, it'll do that, I guess. Man. I guess did so. You, did you guys see her Twitter quote? Yeah. No. Yeah, oh, I, I oh, thought okay. I was the only one who could Epic. fuck Justin Verlander. Yeah, <laughs> ah, yeah. And she was slamming, like, she was slamming the two writers who left him off the ballot entirely. Burn, well played by her. Seriously, yeah, <laughs> yeah that's good. It, it is. It's bogus. I mean, they were both yeah. good pitchers, but yeah, I think it clearly should have went to Verlander. Yeah, um, yeah. yeah it was nine. a case where Porcello had more wins than I think wins are overrated and. The other league, I'm a little biased. I had I had two guys in the running. My odds were good. I had a I had a 66 percent chance I of know. winning. They split right. the votes, as they say. You know. Yep. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, because who did the Chicago writers vote for? Um, uh, I see. Let's see. Uh, Chicago writers uh, guy, I guess from the Kyoto News, Scherzer, Lester, Bumgarner, Cueto, Hendricks, and then guy from. Arlington Heights, Scherzer, Lester, Hendricks, Syndergaard, Fernandez. So both of them voted Scherzer, Lester from Chicago. I know. I was just wanting one for my guys, just for it to be like the complete. Yeah, it's still quite a feat, man. For uh, oh, yeah. for yeah, to have two dudes. It was... Well, dude, and we haven't even mentioned Rizzo, Silver Slugger, Gold Glove, and then he wins the Platinum Glove. That's who I picked. If. You guys, when we made our predictions at the beginning of the season, that was my MVP pick. Right on. Was Rizzo? He, yeah. uh, I think he finished fourth or fifth. Yeah, he had to been. I, I, I haven't looked at. I have to admit, I haven't. Other than the winners, I yeah. haven't looked at the list. I think he finished. He's got to be up there. Yeah. Uh, he finished fourth. Uh, yeah, yeah. He didn't receive any first place votes, but he finished fourth. Yeah. About all I can say for the White Sox is um, Chris Sale, five consecutive seasons with. A top six Cy Young finish. Yeah. yeah. So. Oh, dude, he's a great pitcher. Oh, it's inarguable. Yeah, he's one of the best. Um, yeah. But, It'd just uh, be nice if your guys' management could like put some more pieces with them. And I, I think about it every day, Levi. <laughs> um, so yeah. Sorry, sorry. No, so, no worries. No worries. So Kyle Seeger won the um, Rookie of the Year to break the Dodgers' long tra- long drought. Kyle, uh, no, Corey Seager. I'm sorry, Corey Seager, Corey. brother yeah. of Kyle Seager. Thank you. Yes. Um, they had gone 20 years uh, without a rookie of the year. The Dodgers, who at one point won uh, four or five consecutive rookies of the year, had had, yeah, four they had or like five. Eric Caros and Piazza and uh, Raul Mondesi, Hideo Mondesi. Nomo, and Todd yeah. Hollinsworth from '92 oh. to '96, all won rookies of the year. Hmm. Um, they've had, uh, they've had like twenty almost. Uh, so yeah, Corey Seager, uh, getting getting the Dodgers another one. I, I didn't yeah. realize it had been twenty years. I assumed that they still had a few sprinkled in there. Uh, yeah. Steve Sachs, Valenzuela, it, Sutcliffe. I want to. I want to go course, back Jackie and look. Robinson. Those five consecutive. Did any of those guys win a World Series? Win a World no. Series? No. I don't know, but I, think I didn't he, think so. Dodgers I, I, haven't won a World Series since uh, since '88. Yeah, when, when the Kirk, Kirk Gibson, you know the unless yeah, I mean unless Hollinsworth or Nomo oh, were on other teams. Yeah, yeah they could have. Yeah, yeah. Um, 
I, I, I don't know. I don't think Piazza ever did. On the, no, he didn't. Uh, Mondesi. But he went to a World Series in 2000 with the Mets. Right. It was yeah. promptly swept, right? They were swept. I think uh, the so. The Subway Series against the Yankees. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, unless, like, Nomo was in the bullpen for the Red Sox on one of those teams. Um, but, yeah, it's it's kind of hit or miss with, with uh, Rookies of the Year, how, how well oh, yeah. they pan out. It's like the one award in baseball where it's like that doesn't hold really any prediction on your future career. Right. Not no. at all. No. Um, I, that's going to be – that's you've given me an idea for another episode. <laughs> there you go. Rookie of the, rookie of the years that, that didn't pan out. It's going to be a long list. Yeah, absolutely. Profile, profile some guys, you know. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Gardner only lasted that one season with the Cubbies. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, Fred Lynn for the for the Orioles, I think, in the in the late eighties, right? Yeah. For, no, no, not not Fred no. Lynn of the seventies. No, that's Fred Lynn of the seventies. I'm sorry. Yeah, because he was uh, turned out to be pretty good. Did get rookie of the year, and he's good. Yeah, he, I think he won MVP Wait. and rookie of the year in the same <laughs> I year. The, I thought there was somebody for the Orioles that was like in like the the late eighties that that was just like one year, and I thought I thought the name was Lynn was the last name but i, I could be wrong um anyway. yeah. i'll i'll, no, I'll for, look it up here if uh if if you want we'll figure it out but uh anywho so so yeah um and then you know it's it's almost kind of like i i, I didn't even think about mike trout this year if to go back to the american league mvp um but he's just a guy that kind of wins MVPs, you know, whether it's, whether it's, he'd only won one before this, hadn't he? Was it just one? Has he only won one? I think he's only won one before this. Okay. Well, he always, he's the guy that's like always in the running. And I think maybe he gotten overlooked in a couple of years. Right. Let's see. Well, he's, he's been bridesmaid due to some pretty fantastic seasons by other players. And, And because he entered the league so young, it feels like he's been around forever. He's only 24 as well. Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah, it's amazing. That's nuts, man. And the rumor uh, is the Yankees are already positioned. He's 25, excuse me. Uh, to, oh, the Yankees uh, to get to, Trout? To, to get him, yeah. Oh, yeah well, I, I, mean, I, I predicted that he'd be traded this offseason. Um, the, the Angels are going to ask for, like, a whole farm team. Yeah, yeah. yeah. You know what but, I mean? They're yeah, gonna want, like, nobody will be Mike Trout. So he, he, was, he <laughs> finished second. In the MVP voting in 2012, second in 2013, that was, that was his... first in 2014, and second in 2015. Well, a, a thing to mention about you said 2012 with Trout mm-hmm. that was his that was officially his rookie year because he he must and have they... been a September call up. He got Rookie of the Year first place, obviously, and then MVP second place. Yeah, so he almost Did won. They the went the World Series that year too. No, 2012. No, no, no. no. oh. oh. No, no. They no. have one other than the the one that they won two thousand two or whatever. He, I, I he lost out to Miguel Cabrera that year. That's why I think a lot of people forget about him too. Is you know the Angels haven't been very good. Did they go to the World Series one of those years? No, they never. They haven't been back since they won. I don't think. No, okay. not since oh two when they won. Okay. Yeah, I thought they, they've had. They've only had with Trout, like only like a couple competitive teams. You okay. know. Yeah, they're kind yeah. of, and that's the big deal for him to win it, and they didn't even make the playoffs because usually the MVP comes from a playoff team. Yeah, usually, right? 
Right. I, I, um, so yeah, three second place finishes. Uh, and two and then, first yeah, place two finishes. First. How, how, how could you that's trade pretty that? good for your first five seasons in baseball? What's that? How, how could yeah. you trade that? Like you, you don't want to be the guy who, who traded Mike Trout. Cause the right? dude's going to oh, go to yeah. the hall of fame. He's yeah. yeah the key is <laughs> they got their heads out of their asses and they would try and build a better team around them somehow. Yeah. The key is that Pujols contract, right? It's like it holds but so much money. He's over kind that of been team. producing a little bit. It was yeah. just Josh back. Hamilton. Uh, yeah, it's just it's been some other bad management. Jared Weaver on the on the pitching end is is slipping. You know he's he's not the pitcher he was mm-hmm. a few years ago. Mm-hmm. He's starting to show signs of his age. Um, yeah, I don't know. They're just, they're kind of just a bleh and meh team. Yeah, they They really are. Um, they've spent a lot of money, but it hasn't really panned out. You know, I mean, at least holistically, it hasn't panned out. Gabe, were you thinking of Greg Olson? Maybe, Uh, maybe that's it. Maybe that's it. The pitcher. pitcher, He had 27 saves for the Orioles in 89, and he won opposite of Jerome Walton, the one and only. Okay. Yeah. (laughs) Right. Um, Canseco Maguire won back to back years for the A's. Canseco mm-hmm. Maguire, Walt Weiss. Yeah. yeah. Oh, that, Canseco. that La Russa connection for you. Yeah. Seen the needle 86, in the damage done. 86, 87, 88. <laughs> exactly. Right? Yep. Yeah. Do it. Yeah. Um, and the Angels have, have had their fair share of rookies of the year as well. Tim Salmon. Tim Salmon. Yeah. yeah. JT Snow, probably. JT, yeah, I, I thought JT Snow was in there, but I'm not seeing him. Um, uh, the Royals, Bob hey, Hamlin. Hey guys, hey guys, you know, maybe maybe the Angels like seafood, huh? They've had salmon and trout on the team. Hey, <laughs> sorry. <laughs> maybe they could get Lance Bass while they're <laughs> Whoa, dude! Well done, well done. <laughs> My favorite. No, <laughs> <laughs> oh, is there a? Oh, Le- Levi pulls up a picture from night. It was like, well, uh, Johnny Bluegill had a very good season in 1916. He played in California. Yeah. So, I don't know. Did Cap? Cap? I don't know. This, sorry, everybody. This is just us looking at baseball reference for this episode. Um, yep, it's anyway. a, our goddamn show. Yeah. Um, <laughs> <laughs> uh, Catfish Hunter. I was. I just want to see who he played for, other than the A's, and then he played for the Yankees too, didn't he? Yeah. Uh-huh. yeah. Uh-huh. That's it. That's it. Just the A's and the Yankees. Nice. Huh. A's and the Yankees had a lot of like Reggie Jackson. There were a lot of um, guys going from. The A's uh, to the Yankees. Yeah, those were the two two most dominant American League franchises, probably in the seventies, mm-hmm. mm-hmm. particularly the A's in the early part of the seventies. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So. Well, yeah, you guys want to talk a little music, and then if Let's we want to come back to sure. off-season yeah. stuff later. Yeah, we, we will. We will. Yeah. yeah, we'll do a little sort of baseball music sandwich. Yeah. That's how kind we of want, what we, how we want to build this fucking Let's sandwich. Rock That's kind of what we are. Baseball music Dagwood. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> Excellent. Um, well, with you know, with music, uh, I wanted to ask you guys, I, I thought about this question, Um the year is coming to a close, and unfortunately, I think when people think of music in 2016, they'll probably think about a lot of people that we lost, mm-hmm. yeah. unfortunately. Okay. Um, We're going to need like eight minutes at the next Grammys to do that. Right. By the way, our RIP Leon Russell and uh, Leonard yeah. Cohen. Absolutely. The latest two. Yeah. yeah. Awful. Two huge losses. Yeah. 
Uh, it just it's a it's a it's an this, the obituary list is is it's always too long, but it's, it's the new normal, thing. unfortunately. Oh, yeah, dude. The, uh, the the heavens got two killer piano players within like two weeks of each other. Yes, yeah. right, right. Yeah. No so I, I was thinking, like, who's the kind of the MVP of 2016? Um, musically. And, yeah, musically. Gosh, you know, and um, I haven't had a chance to look over. Like, I I, I, I subscribe to a streaming service. Uh, Google's streaming service, Play Music, uh, which Google, if you're listening, which I'm sure you're not, is a terrible name. Um, anyway, <laughs> and I, I haven't really had a chance to look over, like every time I like an album that comes out from this year, I save it to a list, but I haven't looked at the list, you know. Um, Compiled it. Yeah, yeah, I haven't, yeah, I haven't, you know, looked at the list co- uh, comprehensively. Um, so I'd be curious to see what I've liked this year, you know. Um I, for me, like the MVP of the year, though, would, you know, the year started with David Bowie's passing. And that was early, right? That was like February, I think. No, that January. was first week of January. First week of January. <coughs> um, I'll give the MVP to, to him just because, uh, you know, uh, it. Uh, the, the, you know, when, when we lose certain people, the world kind of stops for a little bit, you know. And I think that was the case with him. I think people just, no matter what you were doing in your day, um, no matter if maybe you were a big fan of him or or you weren't, or maybe you just knew a couple of his songs, uh, I think it gave everybody pause. And I mean that, I mean that in a good way. I mean, it's sad that we lost him, but for a second, you know, the whole, a lot of people in the human race were... You know, they stopped and they're like, wow, David Bowie was really, really important and really unique. And uh, there was just nobody else like him. And it was so. especially prescient with the LGBTQ uh, community. Uh-huh. Oh, yeah. 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 Um, uh, uh, you know, that to me, that that makes him the MVP of this season. Um, oh, it's so tough, man. The Prince, too. Yeah. God, Jesus Dude, yeah, it's like yeah. it's the. I mean, if we want to do like an NLCS co MVP, uh, yeah, there you it go. It would too. be those two guys, man. For I, I, sure. Yeah, yeah, uh, uh, yeah. It has, yeah, yeah. I think you're right. <laughs> so God, that I'd forgotten. Like so much, so much shitty stuff has happened this no, year. No, dude, yeah, oh, dude <laughs> like it, I've forgotten. I'm like, fuck, we lost Prince. Jesus. So you, you're gonna yeah. make me feel like an ass for nominating somebody who's alive now. No, no, I want to talk about two. I'll let you announce yours. I have two that are alive that I want to touch on that they might, they obviously aren't at the stage of these two gentlemen, Bowie and Prince, but I want to talk to about them as well. And they're, we'll all talk after you. So yeah, what's yours? Uh, mine, is, <laughs> mine is Sturgill Simpson. Oh uh, uh, yeah. You know, choice, he, he, he released an album yeah. this year. Uh, and that, you know, I, I was listening. I remember hearing the first single off of it, and I thought, "Oh, this is a yeah, Sturgill Simpson uh, roots country song." And then all of a sudden, it ended, turned into like a Pink Floyd song, uh, uh-huh. and and I thought that was that was pretty adventurous. And and uh, you know, I, I listened to the album several times after it came out. And um, "A Sailor's Guide to Earth" is the name of the album. Mm-hmm. And uh, you know, I realized how. Yeah, this is this is really good. Uh, and then I, I was fortunate enough to be able to uh, see him live uh, here in Kansas City at the Midland Theater a couple weeks ago. 
and uh, see his performance was uh, not disappointing. Um, uh, you know, it's it's a very low key uh, setup, stage setup, and lights and everything. And uh, he comes out just there's a lot of arrows in this set. You know, just going from one song to the next. And uh, at at one point, you know, it's it's obviously you know Waylon Jennings, and at the next point. As Betsy put it, you think like Parliament Funkadelic's coming out, you know? It, it's, uh, uh, it gets kicked up a notch and over a genre or two. Um, I I believe I've dubbed him Marty McFly because Sergio Simpson is from both the past and the future at the same time, and that's why he's my MVP. Nice, nice, nice. Good choice. Uh, one of the ones I was going to mention was uh, an up-and-coming artist, and his name's Marcus King. And he uh, has an album that just came out in October called The Marcus King Band, and it's produced by Warren Haynes. Hmm. And Marcus looks like he just came off the 1974 Marshall Tucker Band tour bus. <laughs> he's got the, the long hair, he's got the, the hat with like the... Like, you know, it's got the geode or whatever with, like, the feathers and stuff. He's, <laughs> the, he's, the, he's, the, the Bocephus style. Yeah, yeah, hat, yeah, you know? yeah, yeah. He's, uh, he's got the look, and he's got the sound and the talent, man. It's, uh, you cool. know, it's like a bluesy, southern, rocky, jazzy vibe, which is kind of Marshall Tucker band, if you think mm-hmm. about right it on. a little. Like, hillbilly jazz, you know what I mean? And, uh... Yeah, so look out for that. That's a it's a good guy who's up and coming. And then, uh, like in just the last couple of weeks, someone who who got into the running for being one of my favorites of 2016 is the old stalwart Metallica. Their new album rocks, and I don't know if you guys have heard any of it. <laughs> I haven't heard it yet. No. On YouTube, they've made videos for I think almost every song already. <laughs> That's cool. And it, dude, it's awesome. Yeah, it it's heavy. Parts of it sounds like old Metallica. Parts of it sounds like obviously new Metallica. It's uh two. I think it's spanned over two discs. It's really good, man. I uh, I was impressed. Right on. Nice. Cool. Good deal. Yeah. So Bowie, Sergio Simpson, Metallica, and Marcus Prince. King. We got him in for Prince. 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 Yeah, yeah, Prince too. And yeah. Marcus oh. King as well. Yeah. Marcus King. Nice. Maybe he's rookie of the year, huh? Yeah. Maybe I'll yeah. be Marcus the rookie. <laughs> cool good deal um so yeah it's it's been a uh, an important but tragic year um it, in terms of music and and, and some other areas mm-hmm. uh, cough november 8th um anyway <laughs> so um i just sat anyway. and listened to november rain in silence <laughs> no, uh, I, I couldn't re- i couldn't resist um right. but anyway on to greener pastures yeah for sure um or pinker pastures. So, yeah, right, right. Yeah. That's your segue. That's your segue. Oh, Pink, uh, pinker yes. pastures. Pink, Floyd, uh, Pink Floyd's uh, new release, and when I say that, not new music, but the early years, uh, contained, and Jonathan told me this, it's got a remastered version of metal. Um, buried. Hit, buried in the buried Blu-ray. Just you very have, cool. Yeah. Buried, oh, it's on the Blu-ray. It's yeah, all, okay. okay, yes. Listen to this. You have I've got to get be, the damn Blu-ray. I don't even have a Blu-ray you, player. No. Gabe, first you have to be willing to spend $550 to buy this set. Count me out. All right. Then 
you have to take this Blu-ray and have special extraction software of some kind. It didn't mention what kind. And then it says you have to somehow extract this hidden album that's on there. Which I would love to hear. Metal's one of my favorite, if it, not it'll be my out favorite there. albums. It'll be out there, yeah. But, uh... Yeah, that seems a little steep and a little crazy that they they kind of hit it like that. So it's it's metal or it's songs like outtakes from metal. I believe it's the remastered version of metal. Right. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Right. All right. Uh, yeah, I, I I think it's adventurous that they put it, that they hit it in there like that. That like it's not even an Easter egg per se. You know where you kind of. You, you remote yeah. around on, on the menus for a while and, and find something uh, like yeah. you. Yeah, you literally have to put this into a ripper, I assume, uh, and, and and rip it to your uh, to your computer, which a lot of people mm-hmm. don't even have like a Blu-ray drive for their computer, probably. Oh, yeah, right. Um, and then yeah, I, I imagine you know some extraction software like Handbrake or something might might get it out of it. But uh, yeah, that's that's it's impressive that somebody found it and that they even hit it. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, which so that a got long us way from of, hidden yeah. tracks. The, the simple that got us thinking wait about a minute. hidden tracks, right? <laughs> so yeah, thinking what about some of Rock's best hidden tracks. I mean, um, the, the first CD I, I ever bought, Pearl Jam's Ten, had has a hidden yeah. track on it. You know, Master, Master Slave. Slave. Yeah, right at the yeah, end. Right, um, which is a continuation of the intro. Everybody knows about that. That was done nicely. Yeah, but that, that was, that's just that one where you stuff. you wait a minute after release is finished playing, and it oh, starts yeah, to there's... play. There are some that it's crazy. Like, I forget. Oh, is it one of the Beck ones, maybe? Or it might be with the Deftones. But one of them, there's like, I think almost like 30 minutes of silence. It's like, yeah. how did they fit all that onto the disc? I know. I know. You know what I mean? It's like. Yeah. Who, and who was the first person that just, you know, they were doing their laundry or something and had the Deftones going and then just forgot about it. And then 30 minutes later, they're like, what is this song? Yeah. People oh, would, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Train in Vain's probably the most famous that, hidden track. That's the one I was going to highlight. It's got to yeah. be the, the highest. I'm sorry, chart. I didn't mean to take it from you there. No, I, no, you're yeah. fine, dude. The uh, it's got to be the highest charting one. You know what I yeah. mean? Mm-hmm. Sure. The highest charting hidden track ever. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's one of the most popular songs. You know, I yeah. mean, so yeah. Um, I remember that the day I found uh, the the one on Blind Melon Soup, which is you have to. I don't even know how I found it. Maybe I just heard about it where you. You start to play the first track, and then you hit rewind at the beginning of the first track, and it goes into like this negative space at the beginning of the track. And so mm-hmm. apparently this is called pre-gap, as opposed to post-gap maybe, which is at the end of a, uh, the last track. And so I was reading on Wikipedia about some other... But there's tons of pre-gap tracks out there, including there's one on a Nine Inch Nails album... Yeah. Where you, you cursor over to track five, and then you start to rewind from track five... And there's there's a hidden track in between tracks four and five, and it's blowing my mind that this wow. is a thing. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh-huh. So I got I, I got I think I have that Nine Inch Nails CD that they mentioned. Um, Shout out to Blind Melon Soup getting re-released finally on vinyl again uh, the first uh, week of December. All you melon heads out nice. there, pick it up on vinyl because it's been two to three hundred dollars for about the last twenty years. If you even can find a copy of it on vinyl. Wow. Yeah. Guys, you know what's probably my favorite hidden track now that I think about it? Um, on Stone Temple Pilots Purple, the, uh, the, yes. the second album. Yes. Twelve Gracious Melodies. That's a good one. <laughs> That's my favorite. 
yeah, yeah it's that like kitchenware and candy bars is the last tune yeah wait wait a little bit and um, yeah, Pearl Jam did a few. Uh, my favorite's off of Yield. It's uh, a track I guess known as Hummus. Uh, it's kind of got like an Eastern European feel to it. Yeah, yeah. yeah. right. Um, and, and then they all shout Hummus at uh, <laughs> uh, at different intervals. Uh, Mudhoney did a really good one off of Tomorrow Hit Today. Uh, it's about Randy Tate, uh, who is a Washington congressman. Uh, who joined like the Christian Coalition? Uh, Mark Arm is not kind to Randy Tate in the, uh, <laughs> in the hidden track on there. Yeah. You can imagine. Allison Chains has a really obnoxious one on the end of Sap. Sap. Uh, a lot of that. fart noises. Yeah. And uh, one of my favorites, Government Mule, uh, Life Before Insanity, um, If I Had Possession Over Judgment Day, is a hidden track mm-hmm. on, on there. Uh, those are some of my favorites. Uh, Summer Teeth by Wilco. It's got oh yeah, hidden tracks. candy floss. Yeah, right. Candy flosses. Yep. Yeah, and then it's got that alternate version of "Shot in the Arm." That's right. Yeah, it's got two hidden tracks. It does because it goes. It's funny because that's a different one where it tracks like all of a sudden if you're watching it on your disc player, it'll yeah. go like tracks 45, 46, 47, yep. 48, yep. 49. Oh, like yeah. each one's only a second long. Uh, yeah. I think that's the only one that I have that's like that. I think I had one of those where it almost took it to track ninety nine. Right. right. Is, it, is it Nirvana that way? Oh, never mind. Uh, I think you're right. Okay, yeah, there you go. Yeah, I yeah after the, uh, after something in the way, there's yeah. Uh, never mind's got the hidden track. Yeah, right, right. So it was, yes, it was it was big among uh, early '90s bands, <laughs> or well, you know what I mean. Yeah. No, no, you're, you're right. Yeah, it's it was. Uh, I think that's when it hit its its peak. Was was that? I mean, is there stuff on a lot of vinyl? It's hard to hide things on vinyl. Dude, the the biggest one is obviously the Clash, and how right. that even happened supposedly was it wasn't meant to be hidden. Just yeah. all the records and labels got printed wrong, huh. and so before the episode, I went and pulled my copy, and sure enough, it's it's not anywhere listed on the jacket or the label, but on the last record, side four, if you look, and it says it has four tracks, but there's clearly a fifth. A fifth track at the end, oh. which is Train in Vain. The unintentional hidden track. All right. Yeah, yeah like it. it's just a snafu. Wow. Yeah. Um, but although, didn't uh, uh, Jack White, didn't he release a record that had a hidden track on the end? What did you have to do to access oh, that, it? Yeah, was it that Lazarus record or something like that? I yes, or... that's it. That record, I guess, has all kinds of different tricks and bells and whistles. Uh, He took it to another level with vinyl. Like, hidden tracks in between different, like, depending on where you put the needle on the Right, yeah, where you start the the needle. Yeah. Yeah, and then there was, that record has a hologram, I think, of, like, an angel or something. And when it spins, it looks like the angel's wings, I think, are moving. Um, it's crazy stuff. Uh, yeah, he's he's pushed it to the to the edge as far as vinyl is concerned. But now you can't oh, yeah. do this with with streaming music. Um, no, yeah, right. It's actually <laughs> ironic because a lot of times they won't even offer the, the that last track if it's like thirty minutes long. They won't even offer that as part of the album. You can't even listen to the track that is actually you know the beginning of it uh, yeah. in order to get to the end of it. Uh, so it's it's funny how that's adapted or hasn't adapted gotta, to this new we age. gotta mention beck too beck had a string of records that had mm-hmm. had hidden tracks on them. mellow gold uh, mm. you mentioned mut- mutations and mutations uh, and midnight, midnight Vulture. Vulture. yeah mm-hmm. yeah um yeah mellow gold i remember i was over at my buddies and we were playing that 
And all of a sudden, it's just like, it's a lot of like, and he's like, dude, what's wrong with my stereo? You, the CD's breaking my stereo. It's like, I don't know, man, it's back. <laughs> yeah, you know, it's fun because a lot of them are kind of tongue in cheek sometimes, you know, and or they're jokey, you know, it's it's cool. They usually are, yeah. Yeah, yeah. like yeah. hence the Stone Temple Pilots um, example I gave. Yeah, that's not so, the pilots is a good one. That, that's a fun one. Yeah, that's that 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 might be my that takes the cake for me. Yeah. yeah. Um cool. Well, you know, before we go, guys, uh, you know, Levi talk let's go back to baseball and then we'll we'll wrap it up. Uh off season once or off season questions, needs. Like off-season first thoughts. Yeah, first thoughts. Let's put it that way. Call this off-season first. This is all still off-season is still pretty fresh. Yeah. Yeah. Um. So and and a few people have already gone places. You know, a few uh, a few free agents have been. It happens quick. Yeah, Yeah, it does. It does. Um, I saw that. uh, What uh, Josh Reddick just got signed today by the Astros. Um, So anyway, uh, for off-season thoughts for me, um, is. Which one of our kind of core guys is going to be traded? And by the White Sox core guys, I would, you know, that's obviously Sale and Quintana, whose names were floated around a lot last year. Or will the White Sox maybe even on the offense like trade Jose Abreu? That's kind of what I'm wondering. Mm-hmm. So I, I, I think one of the big chips has to fall. You know, we're not a very good team. Um, the players that we have that are um would be like better short-term solutions for for teams like when i say that i mean people like todd frazier and melky cabrera and maybe david robertson are closer um kind of high-priced guys that only have like a year left or two years left on the deal um those guys just i don't think they're going to yield that much in return uh whereas you know if we trade sale it's like, you know, we're, we're cleaning out the top of a team's farm system, you know, I mean, and you could almost say the same thing for Jose Quintana, too, I think, who's very quietly been one of one of the uh, American League's best pitchers over the last three or four seasons. So one of the I, I some, something's got to give, you know, one of the, I think one of those if the White Sox want to get better. It's hard. To, it's a hard pill to swallow, but they will trade one of those three people that I just mentioned. If they want to get better, they should. Yeah. And that's tough. What, it's tough for our fans yeah. to hear. Tough so, th- th- and it that's tough to for you because you don't want them to make any splash then in terms of signing free agents. You're, no, you're hoping I, that they don't. No, I, I it's I know that sounds paradoxical to counterproductive. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Counterproductive is a better word. Yeah, to for a fan, but I just don't think we're that good, you know. And we're not going to sign. Um, we're not like going to go out and get Jose Bautista or something, you know. I mean, it's just right. well, yeah. It's not like, happen. I mean, yeah, not even, you know, no, I'm not even sure two or three major signings could possibly no. be nice there. Yeah, and it's uh, you know, it's it's not that great of a free agent class this year either, really. No. You know, and that was the kind of the Cubs thing. They they were yeah. saying that that they they kind of doubled down on last season's off season because they. They had the foresight to see that this year wasn't going to have as much. Yeah, and it does. Yeah, so one of those guys has to go. You know, I I, I would think that with pitching being such, <clears throat> excuse me, with pitching being such a premium and us having arguably the best left-handed pitcher in the American League, um, 
you know, yeah, it's <laughs> been talking about it for two years. The guys, time's got to, ha- it's got to happen. <laughs> so anyway, that's my thoughts. Well, he, I mean, yeah, I agree. He's could, he could be the piece that could help push the team into a better direction. Yeah. I don't know if like, we're going to get the next Chris Bryant, you know, I don't know if like Chris Bryant's looking like the type of player that comes around every 10 years, you know, like a Mac Trout, Bryce Harper, Chris Bryant type. I don't know if we're going to get that. But you know, for Chris Sale, we're gonna we're gonna we're gonna get a team's best prospect. I mean, that's oh, that's yeah. just all as we and yeah, more, maybe, yeah, maybe yeah, yeah. We're gonna get we're gonna get like probably like three of their best of like their top ten prospects. You know, so anyway, isn't it weird that uh, often uh, often MLB trades involve picks uh, already? You know, like like current prospects as opposed to future picks. Uh, you know, in, in other sports, it's always, oh, they traded, you know, so-and-so for a first-round pick in the next draft. But in baseball, yeah. it's always for their first-round <clears throat> pick in the last draft. <laughs> yeah. Or or the the player to be named. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah, right. Right. Yeah, baseball yeah, uh, is so strange. The last thing on sale, I had heard something I had read on MLB Trade Rumors, and I don't remember the source they were citing. I, I assume it's Chicago newspaper or a Boston newspaper. Um, but I guess... You know, sales name came up a lot in trade rumors last year, mm-hmm. uh, 2016 season, and Boston was one of the teams. Um, I guess like it was, it was the the Red Sox. I guess pulled out. They were they were you know they were kind of mulling Jackie Bradley Jr. for sale, mm-hmm. <clears throat> and and they just they they pulled out. Wow! So that yeah, that, that would have been a big one. For sure, and and I'd assume Jackie Bradley Jr. and a couple other people too. I, I would yeah. imagine, yeah, yeah, uh, right. right, some uh, some minor league, you know, talent. But yeah, it'd have been under. I, yeah. I, I would, I'd, I'd be totally cool with that. That'd be awesome, quite frankly. Yeah, uh, for the yeah. Rec- for the direction I want the team to head yeah. in. Yeah, yeah. So anyway, so how do you see it in KC, Jonathan? They they better get the starting pitching squared away. Uh, their their rotation next year is uh, might be. Might be a little rough uh, with your Donaventura tanking like you did this, did this year. Uh, otherwise, you got Danny Duffy, who was a bright spot. Um, Ian Kennedy, Jason Vargas, Chris Young. I, they need uh, they need to start uh, developing some starting pitching. They they can develop relief pitching pretty easy, but but they need to start developing some starting pitching. And or if they, I mean, if they want to sign a guy, I don't know if you like if you get Derek Holland. I don't think they'll be in the running for a guy like Derek Holland, uh, who will probably get like an eighty million dollar contract. Yeah, he'll um, benefit from it being a weak class. Oh yeah, but, a lot of guys are. <clears throat> yeah, yeah, yeah. Otherwise, uh, you know, Jason Hamill, uh, Ivan Nova, uh, uh, Jared Weaver. I guess is a yeah, is a free agent. Oh, is he a free agent? Okay, uh, that's what it lists here. Yeah, on on MLB Trade Rumors, he is. Uh, it's 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 going to be tough. For for uh, the world starting pitching next year, and it, obviously a lot hinges on that. So, <laughs> Hamill's going to get paid. Yeah, I mean, how, you know, how many teams do you know of that decline an option on a guy who won fifteen games? Right, crazy, uh, yeah. crazy. And and why not, you know, take the option and just try to trade them? That's the real fascinating part. Yeah, that's what I would have done too. I, um... Honestly, the way he pitched towards the last half of the year and, and over what I've seen of him as a Cub, his second half stats aren't, aren't that 
aren't that impressive. And but yeah. um, I I think honestly it was kind of like a, a good guy move for the Cubs, just to be like, hey, dude, we're gonna decline decline your option, and now you're gonna get paid. You sure. know what I mean? Yeah, you're gonna, gonna get paid a like a fifteen. You're gonna get paid like a fifteen game winner, and um, you know, I think I think the Cubs are just gonna slide Mike Montgomery from World Series closer straight into to fifth starter, well, and um, former the, Kansas the thing, City Royal. You know, the Cubs are probably gonna either look for a starter or some kind of bullpen help. I would assume. Um, I could see him sliding in C.J. Edwards into a Roldis' spot because they've already kind of stated they're not going to pay big money to have a closer again. Um, and the so, pressure's no, kind I mean, of off, too, you know? I mean, yeah. you want to win another World Series, yeah, but yeah. You know, it's not as pressing as it was a year ago. So, yeah, yeah I, I could see why they wouldn't re-sign And C.J. Edwards, I mean, pitched lights out for us pretty much yeah. all year. Um, Which I mean, he could just as easily give up a game tying home run in the eighth inning of the game yeah, seven of the um, World Series. Is like a <laughs> kind of interesting so. wrinkle. An interesting wrinkle in the whole story is Montero, and he was like upset with how he was kind of used in the playoffs. Is kind of like and that he was third third wheel, right? <laughs> yeah, and uh, so I'm not sure how long he'll be with us. So they could possibly be looking for a veteran catcher. Um, well, yeah, they, they've had a, they've had a glut of catchers for a couple of years yeah. now. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, with with Montero, I I don't know how many years are left on the deal. Probably not many, right? Maybe just one. Maybe just one more year. Yeah, I can't remember. Deal. Yeah, uh, he, he could probably get traded. Um, he he's kind of a high salary for the limited amount of playing time that he now has or that he had in sixteen, um, but. Yeah, we'll see. Well, yeah, I mean, no one knew what Wilson Contreras was going to do when we called him yeah, up. and right. He hit a home run in his first at-bat and then never looked back. Yeah, no, that's that's your future there. And I mean, uh, But he's yeah. like 27 or something. Well, and I would just like, I was hoping that maybe David Ross would have kind of put into Montero that mentality of, dude, you're the veteran catcher now. You know what I mean? You're not right. going to play every day. Yeah. Like, I'm, you're... You're gonna be the chiseled veteran catcher, and that's a valuable thing to have on any team. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. I was hoping he would just adopt that role a little bit more instead of the like, I'm mad I didn't get playing time kind of a role. But um, yeah. the one place that the Cubs obviously are gonna have to find something or do something is center field because Dexter Fowler is, I would assume, ninety nine point nine percent not coming back. He's gonna He's get a, paid. That's a guy that's gonna he, get he's going to get paid, and he's also going to get paid because of the weak year as well. I mean, he put up good numbers, and he's part of a, a, an offseason in which there's not tons of talent. Right. Um, and, you know, uh, you know, I don't want to call it too early, but it's like, hey, is he, is he chasing paper or is he chasing championships? You know what I mean? I don't know. Uh, he's got a championship. He he's, sounds like he's chasing a long-term contract, which he didn't get last year. So, oh, yeah. I mean, if the dude wants yeah. a four or five year contract, I get it. Oh, yeah. 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 Um, but, dude, the offseason, the, the free agents, I mean, the Cubs were kind of stacked at outfield this past season, like with Solaire and Zobras playing out there, and then Hayward, and we have Almora. 
Um, but the free agents the Cubs could possibly get for center field would be John Jay, Coco Chris, Michael Bourne. Those guys are all available. What about Rajay Davis, though? That way you ensure he does not tie up Game <laughs> 7 next year. <laughs> right? Because he's yeah, available. See, we, hey, see him hit some home runs maybe at Wrigley. See, You know, I, I, guys, I... I knew he. I knew he was good. You know, I, I knew that he had had become kind of a star player this year, but um, uh, I didn't. Justin Turner is the number one free agent on MLB.com's list. Wow. Yeah. He's above Cespedes. They're they're basing this on WAR. So strictly, yeah. I, I take let me, let me. That's that's an important. That's note. the stipulation. That's, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So it's based entirely on war here for for this list. So this is kind of a little bit of a of a, um, not your typical list, um, but yeah, he's he's number one based on war. So he's already thirty one though. Yeah, Man, what right. A, what a bad free agent class. With all due respect, but yeah, yeah. ouch. Edwin Edwin Encarnacion is already thirty. He'll be thirty. How, he's already thirty three. Cespedes, Cespedes is, is thirty. Yeah, yeah, Man. he's thirty. So, um, which I mean, yeah, this is how it works when you're a free agent. Most most of the guys, you know, sign five year contracts when they're twenty five. So therefore, when they're thirty, yeah, they become free agents. So I that that makes sense, I guess. Yeah, um, but. But yeah, I, Turner last year hit 275, 27, and 90, uh, which was his best year by far. Uh, but at an 832 OPS, he's like, he's he's good. He's not awesome. <laughs> he's good. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. It's just, it's just it's just it's just not a very sexy list this off season, you know. Yeah. Um, so I guess we're just hoping for some sexy trades. <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah, no kidding. So yep. anyway, yeah. Well, guys, fun fun talk. Uh, another baseball rock and roll sandwich here that we deliver for you. Um, tied you over for Thanksgiving with all those turkey sandwiches. That's right. That's right. And we'll be we'll be back in action after after Turkey Day. So uh, to all of our listeners out there, hope you have a great Thanksgiving. And um, also, uh, please check us out at rockchew.com. Meet all your rock and roll Shinsu Chew needs. And uh, follow us on Instagram and Twitter at RockInChew. And uh, until next time, we'll see everybody later. Have a good night. Peace.